If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today is the nature of God, but before we explore that topic, um, I'd like to give some credit to Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of the Lucis Trust organization and she wrote 24 volumes of literature and they happen to be the main inspiration for the dialogue that you'll hear on this show. And the following thought comes from Alice Bailey as well. Only as we understand ourselves can we arrive at an understanding of that which is the sum total that we call God. Well, I don't know. Where do we start with such a topic? I'm not sure either. I was um, just sitting here now thinking how audacious of us (laughs) to even attempt this subject. Um, It's a subject that is referred to in the books of Alice Bailey as uh, the one about whom naught may be said. So here we go, uh, talking about something that really doesn't uh, lend itself to language. Nevertheless, human beings have tried from time immemorial to define and describe the the Creator, God. It's interesting, this opening thought... Um, only as we understand ourselves can we arrive at an understanding of God because um, the great psychologist and uh, writer of varieties of religious experience, William James, the brother of Henry James, said that um, he believed that human nature by its very essence contains a will to believe in some kind of higher power and that may well be so. Deepak Chopra, the um, teacher of um, yoga and meditation, said he thought that our brains are hardwired to search for God. So if that's true, then that might explain why throughout recorded human history and even prior to that, human beings have sought to define their understanding of God. I've been reading a, a book by Karen Armstrong, the British religious scholar, which is called A History of God. It's a wonderful book, and she says that 
She believes that our idea of God as we hold it today started some 14,000 years ago. It's what distinguishes human beings from animals and vegetables and minerals, this ability to conceptualize a deity. There's um, a sense that I think people of all cultures and backgrounds and traditions hold that there's something numinous or sacred to life, and that's the essence of the religious impulse, wouldn't you say? Yes, I think that religious impulse that is kind of implanted in human consciousness is what is there by design, because uh, if it weren't there, then we wouldn't have this uh, great desire to seek out or try to define this deity that uh, is referred to as God, and uh, it's it's in concept that has evolved as human consciousness has evolved, and even in the back in the early days of man, uh, his conception of of a, a deity or a god or something you know was was confined uh, to nature, to the actions of nature and to the to the wind and the rain and the <coughs> storms and the lightning and the thunder and. All of these were uh, acts of God and earthquakes and volcanic eruptions and so forth. And um, so God was very much in nature at that time and that was that has evolved very much uh, today. I think the, um, the first human being that came up with the concept that God is one, a single force or power was Akhenaten of ancient mm-hmm. Egypt. I was um, reading about him recently. He made a tremendous breakthrough in his his realization that there is one single power or originating force behind all creation. I think he attributed that power to the sun, this being ancient Egypt. The sun was a terrific force in daily life for the Egyptians. And he believed that behind the sun or within it, contained by it, was um, a central single force. But my understanding is that after he, Akhenaten, passed on, this belief or teaching in monotheism died away and they reverted to multiple gods. Mm -hmm. But he did make a kind of a breakthrough. Well, he planted the idea, and I think that's the important thing, that it was planted in consciousness and... uh, It uh, was picked up later on, of course. The problem today is that um, although human beings have minds that are much more developed and uh, able to uh, grasp or register the sacred component, at the same time, that which fed the religious impulse has died away in the sense that early human beings were surrounded by a world that was basically unknown and mysterious and often very scary and frightening and that would heighten the sense of the mysterious and the the unknown the the um the aspect of life that is frightening mysterious intimidating creates a kind of a receptivity to worship to try to placate the powers that be now with science we know so much more about the world that we may not have that urge to um, explore the, well we still have the urge to explore the unknown, we may not have the sense of how close at hand 
the mystery of life is. In a sense, the uh, um, scientific uh, exploration uh, is pretty much uh, confined to the physical physical man, physical universe, and uh, in a way that has deflected our um, exploration uh, into God and the nature of God, I think. In many ways it has, and yet um, Einstein has um, written quite a lot about his belief in um, a power, uh, a religious element to life. In fact, Robert, you were sharing with me a a comment from Einstein that you were recently reading where he addressed that idea. Well, I hate to paraphrase Einstein, so why don't you let me just just read what he uh, he wrote. That would probably be the best uh, tribute to him. Uh, and, and it's so amazing, too, how uh, so many scientists have started out to be atheists and have ended up, uh, after exploring the world of science, and especially physics and quantum physics, have ended up to be believers. But uh, he said, Einstein, that is, the most important function of science is to awaken the cosmic religious feeling and keep it alive. It is very difficult to explain this feeling to anyone who is entirely without it. The individual feels the nothingness of human desire and aims, and the sublimity and marvelous order which reveal themselves both in nature and in the world of thought. He looks upon individual existence as a sort of prison and wants to experience the universe as a a single significant whole." End quote uh, from Einstein. So so, so many of the scientists are in sync with um, Mm -hmm. what you're saying. I think that's um, a realization that's dawning more and more on scientists, that there is a wholeness, an intricate pattern to the world that uh, in which all parts are somehow woven together. I think that's one of the great contributions of uh, ecology for one, quantum physics for another, that there is a, a, a balance, a, a, a very delicate interwoven tapestry to life that you tinker with uh, only at your peril. And that's what we're beginning to learn today, that you cannot upset or put out of balance one aspect of the outer world without causing a real impact on the rest of it. And I think behind this is the sense that the world is a whole. Whole. W-H-O-L-E. Not H-O-L-E. It's a whole. (laughs) And... um, that's a central aspect of the idea of God, that God is one. And um, yet, when we try to talk about this one, this whole, we end up talking about God as a person. I guess because we're, we're approaching him through our own personhood. But it creates problems for a lot of people to address this oneness, this wholeness in the sense of a man with a beard, a fatherly figure. Yes, it it takes a considerable expansion of consciousness to uh, kind of (coughs) contain this wholeness within one's mind and the ability to do that and to to see it uh, as something beyond the language, try to get beyond the language. It's the language and the words that we use to try to describe this deity or this this great being uh, that really reduces it to um, kind of uh, inconsequential and doesn't really convey much meaning 
the, the words like uh, oneness, the, you know, the, the divine one, the divine whole, and yet um, it's it's humans being struggling to try to put some meaning into this concept. And it runs throughout religions. Um, the great um, Sufi poet Kabir said, Behold but one in all things. It is the second that leads you astray. And I love that idea because um, there's an interesting um, passage in Aldous Huxley's Perennial Philosophy that talks about how our very language uh, contains the idea of two as badness. He said, it is the second that leads you astray. Well, Huxley points out that the Greek prefix dys, D-Y-S, as in dyspepsia, which is an upset stomach, which is bad, or the Latin dis, D-I-S, as in disenchanted, are both derived from duo, which is two. And so there is this basic human understanding that when something is split into two, it's already gone off track. And that, he says, is um, uh, a reflection of the awareness that there's only completeness and perfection in the one. Behold but one in all things. It is the second that leads you astray. And in the, in the um, ageless wisdom, we address this one in um, a kind of invocation which says, O thou in whom we live and move and have our being. That's the understanding that the, the human being lives within something much greater, but which is one and complete. We are just a fragment of that uh, aspect. And um, it's seen in the, the idea of Akhenaten, that the sun veiled uh, this one. And there's an ancient Hindu prayer called the Gayatri that says, O thou who givest sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed, to whom all things return. Again, it is addressing the idea that God ultimately is one. Most people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today is the nature of God. In a little while, I'll speak about which one of the Alice Bailey uh, volumes you might be able to um, look at and find um, more about this particular subject. But uh, before we do that, I uh, want to encourage you to uh, send us a donation, if you can, and to uh, the person who uh, who sent us 45 cents. Well, we're very happy with that. And although it was a small donation, uh, it, was, it, it contributes, and we'd appreciate the larger ones uh, also. But... Uh, Every uh, everything that we receive from you certainly contributes to the pool that helps us to stay on radio, and and we appreciate we we really want to do that service for you as as well as for ourselves. We enjoyed uh, the show, and so any donations that you feel that you can um, give, uh, please send them to Lucis Trust. Lucis is L U C I S. Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street. New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And if you'd like to um, order a copy of the show, um, uh, that is a cassette copy of the show, or our books, uh, give us a call at 1-866-695-8247. That's one 866 Six nine five eight two four seven. Sarah, which one of the um, volumes would be most appropriate? I know that uh, 
uh, Alice Bailey um, explores uh, spiritual philosophy in relation to God uh, in numerous uh, public in mm. numerous of her volumes. But is there any one that would stand out mm. where our uh, listeners can perhaps uh, look at it and find more about it? Not sure. Uh, would you think okay. <coughs> all twenty-four of them? All twenty-four. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, if you order the set, you'll get a discount. <laughs> if you order directly from Lucis Trust, uh, it's twenty-four volumes of books. Uh, you'll get a ten percent uh, discount, which you are not able to get at the stores. One eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. The easy way to remember it is one eight six six N Y Lucis. Think of one eight six six. New York Lucis. Uh, our website is www.lucistrust. Lucis Trust is one word. www.lucistrust.org. And um, uh, and once again, um, our initial my initial question to both of you is: Where do we start with uh, such a topic? Uh, how do we continue with such a topic? It's well, uh, so much depth to it. Yes, we were talking about um, the idea of God as the one, the central uh, single force power behind the outer objective world. It does run throughout many of the religions of the world. In Judaism, the great um, invocation begins: "Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one." And in Islam, Allah, the word for God, means the God, not a God, but the God, the only one. And uh, Hinduism says in the ancient Rig Veda, truth is one, though the learned call it by many names. So this concept of of one is um, something deeply anchored in human consciousness. Taoism of uh, China said it's impossible really to give this one a name but I call it Tao which means the way or the path without wishing to define it it could be called the whole so all of these um, recognitions from the various religions realize that uh, God or divinity is one and yet in the ageless wisdom we, we know that there is a kind of a twofold approach by human beings to God in the sense of God transcendent and God immanent. God beyond the world, apart from it, and God dwelling within the world, within every atom. God immanent. And maybe that's a concept that we should develop. Yeah, I think that's a very important idea because uh, the... Um, idea that God is out there, that he is um, transcendent, I think that has been emphasized too much or more than uh, the God imminent aspect. And it, We need to um, return to a realization and a, a recognition of the God within. It doesn't mean that we are God, but that we have this divine reflection of God within us by way of the agency of the soul. And uh, I think this needs to be emphasized more and more because this is this kind of holds the key to our understanding um, of the nature of God. It's interesting. Um, Alice Bailey points out that traditionally, um, especially the Western faiths of um, Christianity, Islam, uh, Judaism, as opposed to what she would call the Eastern faiths of Buddhism and Hinduism, emphasized um, 
uh, God transcendent as a, a power that was separate from the world and maybe that tied in with the sense of helplessness of um, humanity for so many eons but now as we are becoming more intelligent more learned more comfortable with the outer physical world perhaps the idea of God imminent God present in that world is more um, important for us to grasp and you can kind of see it in the so-called new age approach to God which carried to its extreme has um, the the uh, effect of leading a few people to say well I am God I've met people who have said I am Christ they got a little carried away I think but uh, it's it's a recognition that God dwells within each of us that's God imminent and that that's a very important um, point I think because uh, there has been as I said before there's been the tendency particularly in Christianity to look at and call upon only that God without the God outside of ourselves outside of creation and uh, we need to return to the um, to this God within the factor that comes by way of the soul because that is the reflection of God and that is in every human heart and um, <clears throat> this this is the the um, great source of our own being and our own consciousness that we need to return to. In another sense, though, I think we could say that Christ taught that God is within, both in his own presence as the Son of God. He embodied the fact of divinity and its potential within every human being. He was, you could say, the prototype for what is nascent and possible in every human being, this divine essence waiting to come into fruition if we would turn our attention and our devotion to God. So he, in a sense, taught that God is within each of us, and that's what makes life so precious to um, the the Christian consciousness. But the, the writings of Alice Bailey point out another uh, interesting idea about God transcendent that the teaching of Buddha really pointed toward a transcendent God. That might come as a surprise to people who believe Buddha didn't bo- teach about God. I think what he did was refuse to talk about God at all because he thought it was fruitless. And in a sense, he's right. There is nothing that can constructively be said about God transcendent and maybe in our next uh, program we can discuss why that is so. But um, Alice Bailey points out that in the uh, Bhagavad Gita we have a synthesis of God transcendent and imminent in the great statement of Krishna who said, Having pervaded the whole universe with a fragment of myself, I remain. God imminent pervades the universe. God transcendent remains beyond the visible known universe. And um, there, there are other names that also have been given to God <clears throat> uh, that describe God. And really, that's about all we can do is describe what we feel about God. And uh, maybe we can go into some of those other names uh, in the next show. But uh, like God is a consuming fire, for example. 
And by the way, if you'd like a general package of information that uh, lets you know uh, what Lucis Trust is all about, if you'd like to take a look at uh, Lucis Trust and read all about it, well, order our general package of information. It's filled with literature that I'll, I think you'd find very interesting. And um, I guess it's best characterized. Lucis Trust is probably best characterized as a spiritual philosophy organization. But give us a call if you'd like that general package of information at one eight six six. Six nine five eight two four seven. That's one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. The easy way to remember one eight six six N Y Lucis. Think of New York Lucis. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.